Welcome to a keynote address at Fearless and Wise, General Electric's 2018 Wise Symposium. It was presented by Sita Hariharan, General Manager and Group Head, Digital Software and Solutions Group, Tata Consultancy Services. The address, SOAR, Claiming Your Power and Getting What You Really Want, focuses on the leadership lessons she has learned throughout her career. More than 2,000 women attended GE's Women in Science and Engineering event on May 22, 2018. When I told my team today that I'm going to speak with all of you, they gave me some advice. They said, Sita, try not to be too charming, funny, or intellectual. <laughs> Just be yourself. <laughs> I believe that this is by far the most exciting times to be in the engineering and technology space. I say this because hardware and software engineers such as yourselves are building cool technologies like artificial intelligence, image processing, semiconductors, uh, machine learning, predictive analytics that are making our cities and communities smarter. While I love working in engineering and technology, I have to confess that it wasn't my life's initial calling. As a kid growing up in the southern part of India, my parents and my grandparents told my brother and me that we should be of service to others. We should help people that aren't as fortunate as we are in this life. So as a kid, I wanted to become a doctor. Becoming a doctor became my dream until it came crashing down before my eyes when I was in my 11th grade in my first zoology lab session. Our teacher asked us to work in pairs. In front of us was a glass jar. And in that jar was a really dead frog. <laughs> Allegedly died of natural causes. <laughs> Our teacher wanted us to open the jar, take the frog out, dissect it, and examine its parts. I asked my partner, Christy, to do the honors. That was the first time I learned the art of delegation. <laughs> as soon as Christy opened the jar, the smell of formaldehyde was so overpowering that I almost fell unconscious to the floor. And I knew I needed a plan B. I was contemplating two options, either to become a professor or an engineer. I discussed both of the options with my parents. And my parents got really excited about me becoming a professor. Beaming with pride, my mom said, Sita, that is an excellent idea. I want you to go ahead and become a professor. As soon as those words came out of my mom's mouth, <laughs> like any good teenager, I decided I wanted to become anything but a professor. <laughs> Looking back, I'm really thankful for that dead frog. <laughs> my aversion to formaldehyde, and a little bit of teenage rebellion. 
As I thought about what I should share with you today, I realized that every useful nugget that I can offer you centers around one common trait, self-confidence. I believe that self-confidence is by far the biggest determining factor for success. Self-confidence is the rocket fuel that empowers us to soar to extraordinary heights. But I also know that it is sometimes difficult to dig in and find that self-confidence in ourselves. It wasn't long ago when I questioned my abilities to stand before a crowd such as this one. My self-critique asked, Sita, what do you have to say that anyone would want to hear? But I also know that sometimes you have to fake it to make it. <laughs> so today, I'm going to squelch my self-critique and share with you three lessons that I have learned over the course of my career that have helped me personally and professionally with the hope that they would be of help to you as well. My first lesson that I want to share with you is to define yourself powerfully. Define who you are, your talent, your skills, and to let others know what you bring to the table. Let me share with you how this showed up for me by rewinding the clock several years. As a kid growing up in the southern part of India, one of my playmates was my cousin brother. Cousin brother is a term that we use in India. His name is Murthy. He is about six months younger to me. One day, after school, he came home to play with me. And as a token of affection, I cupped my palm like this and patted him on his back. While I know that it, didn't, it made a lot of noise, it didn't really hurt him. My mom, who was inside, she heard the thump. And she called out, Sita, come inside now. You know, when you hear that tone in your mom's voice, even today, you know you're in trouble, right? <laughs> and when she says your full name, Sita Hariharan, come inside now, <laughs> you know you're in deep trouble. So I go in, and my mom says, Sita, do you realize what you have done? What if Murti returned the favor? He's about twice as strong as you are, and nearly a feet and a half taller than you are. Honestly, I had no idea. I thought he and I were almost the same height. Murthy is about seven feet tall today. <laughs> yes, tall for an Indian, but I still believe that he and I are almost the same height. You know, not seeing myself as my measured height has followed me throughout my life. But I quickly realized that even though I might see myself as this seven foot tall tower of power, wait, seven foot three inches in heels, <laughs> not everyone sees me that way, at least when they see me for the first time. You know, one day I walked into a meeting room and no one 
looked at me, nor did they address me. Until that day, I had told myself that all that mattered was my work, and I didn't really care what others thought of me or perceived of me. But that day, I was a little bit disappointed that my peers and my management didn't see this brilliance. <laughs> so I invested in my attire. I practiced how to walk and carry myself with greater authority. I even took a lesson in handshaking, and it turns out that I'm a pretty good handshaker. <laughs> As I started to change how I defined myself and how I showed up, a funny thing happened. People started to see me for who I really am, a tall Indian woman, <laughs> in spirit, if not in stature. I also learned that the more I revealed, the more I learned about the person on the other side. And it helped me to build and strengthen the relationships with people that I met. So even today, whenever I sit down with a customer, a partner, a peer, or someone in my management chain, I ask, would you please take some time to introduce yourself? That would help me, because we are going to be working together. You know, sometimes that happens even without me prompting. That helps me in two ways. One, it opens the door for me to get to know the person. The se second thing is they reciprocate and ask me to introduce myself. And if they don't, I ask gently, would you like to know a little bit about me? <laughs> and I haven't come across a single soul that has told me so far, no, I don't want to hear anything about you. <laughs> what I've learned is in order for us to define ourselves and introduce ourselves powerfully requires self-confidence. And self-confidence often comes with practice. You know, as engineers and technologists, we all love acronyms, right? So here is another three-letter acronym for you, the three Ps, which I use to introduce myself, profession, passion, and something personal. Let me demonstrate. In my case, the first P, which is the profession. Hi, my name is Sita Hariharan. I work for Tata Consultancy Services. I run a startup for TCS that helps our customers and partners effectively address digital transformation. Prior to TCS, I worked for 13 years in IBM in various sales and leadership roles. The second P is passion. What am I passionate about? What makes my heart sing. In my case, uh, I love working in technologies that make the lives of other people better. Third P, which is 
something personal that you wouldn't find in my resume or by look looking at my LinkedIn profile. I love playing and watching golf when I'm not working. And if you ask me what my handicap is, I would tell you that it is my swing. <laughs> I know that it is a balancing act to walk the fine line between self-promotion and humility. But you know what? If you don't share the value that you bring to the table, you may be limiting your own career opportunities. Someone really wise told me something about humility. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Define yourself boldly, clearly, and powerfully. On a side note, I called my cousin a couple of weeks ago, and I told him that I'm going to speak with all of you, and I'm going to speak about the heights. He chuckled, and I said, Murti, what is so funny about it? He said, Sita, you have always been, and you always will be, as strong and as tall as I am. <laughs> I like that. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, I hit him harder than I thought. <laughs> Before I share my second lesson with you, I want to try a brief experiment, please. Very brief, I promise. Look straight ahead at me. And without turning your head, please call out the color of the person's eyes that is sitting either to the left or right of you. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? I know I couldn't do it. Even though the person is just sitting inches away from us, it's difficult to see what is in our blind spot. Right? Unless you have eyes on either sides of your head like my mom does. <laughs> the second lesson um, that I want to share with you that I've learned is to find people that can shed a light on my blind spots, things I just can't see. These are the people that I call my truth tellers. They want me to succeed, and they care enough about me to tell me the truth. They would tell me if I had spinach in my teeth. <laughs> but seriously, uh, these are people that make me self-aware instead of making me self-conscious. Let me self-disclose to you the first time a mentor did this for me. I was on to my second job, I was working for a telecommunications company at that time. I was a systems architect, and my aspiration was to become an engineering manager. My management team at that time knew my career goals, and they were quite supportive of it. I, those days, I took pride 
in learning about everything, not just that. I made sure that everyone else knew that I knew everything. <laughs> I thought it was important for me to display my knowledge, all of my knowledge, in every staff and team meeting. So before every meeting, I would work extremely hard to prepare responses to any question or any issue that would come up in the meeting. And if someone didn't bring up a question, I would bring it up myself. I considered myself this eager beaver. Remember those kids in school that would raise their hands even before the teacher finishes the question? I was one of those irritating people at work. <laughs> Gary, my boss at that time, who was grooming me to be a manager, pulled me aside after a meeting that we had been in together. He asked me, Sita, how did you think the meeting went? Beaming with pride, I said, Gary, I think it went excellent. Don't you think so? I had responses to every question anyone could ask. Actually, I even had responses to questions that people didn't even think to ask. <laughs> Gary listened to me patiently and then said, Sita, having responses to every question every single time isn't generally appreciated by your peers. He also said, Sita, if you want to be a respected and successful manager, you need to allow others to make contributions. You need to let others come up with responses to at least some of the questions and issues. That gave me a pause. A behavior that I thought would propel my career could actually derail it. As a kid, my parents and my grandparents insisted that I learn everything I could. And in school, we were encouraged to display that knowledge. And I took the display as a mark of success. The rules had changed in the adult world. I'm really thankful to Gary even today for shedding a light on my blind spot. Imagine the damage that I could have done to my career if Gary had let me be this irritating, walking Wikipedia. <laughs> As leaders, we all love to offer help. Offering help is who we are. But let me ask you, how many of you, of you actively seek help? It takes a lot of self-confidence, right, to ask for help, particularly asking people to shed a light on your blind spots. I know it isn't easy, because I know that, like me, many of you may have been brought up to be self-reliant. So it makes it even harder for us to ask for help. Even today, I surround myself with coaches, mentors, and advisors. My encouragement to you is go find your truth tellers. 
that can help you along your journey. I'm still a work in progress, aren't we all? The third lesson that I want to share with you is follow your heart and don't settle. Just as self-confidence is a habit that we develop over time, so is settling. If you don't like the service, shop elsewhere. If they are out of strawberry ice cream, which is my personal favorite, don't take vanilla. <laughs> if you're asked to dissect a frog, you get the drill. <laughs> but most importantly, if you don't like the path that you're on, go in a different direction. If self-confidence is the rocket fuel that empowers us to soar to extraordinary heights, then following your heart is the spark that ignites that fuel. Several years ago, I wanted to get my MBA. And the school of choice for me was Northwestern. I wanted to go to Northwestern because I thought it was the best school for me. I wanted IBM to pick up the tab on all of my expenses, tuition, travel, boarding, lodging, two years of salary when I was doing my MBA. Aim for the moon, right? <laughs> what do you think IBM said? No way. <laughs> my manager, Jane, at that time, she said that she would consider taking my request forward if I were to consider a less expensive option, going to a local university. Seems like a sensible thing to do, right? So I waited for a few weeks and resubmitted my application, as Jane said, sort of. Exactly the same way I had submitted before, Northwestern, <laughs> tuition boarding, lodging, and travel, and my two years of salary, the whole nine yards. What do you think IBM said the second time? Exactly, they said no. <laughs> I thought I was Jane's favorite, and still didn't work. I thought about it some more, and I realized that IBM may have looked at my request as a fantasy wish. Everything, expensive tuition, boarding, lodging, and the whole nine yards. Who does she think she is? The application didn't ask for my height. So how would they know that I'm this industry giant? <laughs> I realized that I hadn't shown my commitment to this want. So why would IBM commit to me? So I reworked my strategy. I realized that I needed to provide justification to IBM as to why I wanted to go to Northwestern, why that is the right school for me, how it would benefit IBM when I came out with an MBA from Northwestern, and how would it personally help me. I clocked in nine freaking pages of justification. I had taken this old Wikipedia seater, dusted her off, and put her to good use this time. So now I submit this application for the third time, along with the justification. What do you think IBM said? They said yes. Surprisingly, yes. And Jane was very happy for me. Frankly, I tried hard to hide my astonishment. 
having committed myself this time to this want, I also submitted my application to Northwestern. I decided to go there no matter what. When you know in your heart that it is your true want, you just can't wait for someone else's approval. Define yourself powerfully. Go find your truth tellers. Follow your heart and don't settle. I know that following your heart is not always an easy thing to do for any of us, but going on the easy path is seldom the most fulfilling. I believe that we should follow the inner compass that we all have, but sometimes question because of self-doubt and fear. In my case, I've been quite fortunate to have my parents and grandparents teach me right from my childhood to trust in myself. Even today, when I call my parents for advice, they tell me, Sita, I think you should have become a professor. Then you wouldn't have had any of these issues. <laughs> you know, seriously, they tell me, Sita, trust you will do the right thing and everything else will be all right. So I offer the same advice to you today. Trust yourself. And if it doesn't work, blame my parents. And that's what I do. <laughs> Seriously, when we define ourselves through this filter of self-trust, it really becomes easy for us to see the way we want to go, the path that is right for us, and to make the right choices. I want to leave you with the words of a wise philosopher, Christopher Robin, to Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Promise me that you, you will never forget that you are stronger than you seem, braver than you believe, and smarter than you think. Thank you.